Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time and that whenever and wherever you happen to be as you surf this solar wave, I hope that you are able to get into and stay in the flow, (laughs) the flow, you guys, I was in the flow today and I come home and I have a message from my, one of my best friends. And he says, I was in the flow today. Everything was flowing like water. I can't believe how great my life was today. And I was like, oh my God. I was in the flow today too. And I started to think maybe that's what I should talk about in my introduction tonight with you guys. How do you get into the flow? How do you do it? (laughs) Well, I might have to do a whole show on this, but off the top of my head, I'll tell you how I did it. I, um, I played excellent. Actually, I didn't even play music last night. I played a fireplace. That's all I did. It sounds weird, but I played a fireplace and my window is permanently open because there's no way to shut. It's just a hole in the wall with the screen on it. Cause as I've mentioned many times before, I'm living like in a, in a construction zone. My, my house, my apartment is unfinished, which is why it's $200 a month. And so, you know, so the price is right, but there's a few things I have to live without or, you know, with, Um, so anyway, so I have, because of that though, um, I have this, the cold wind comes in, you know, coming up off the ocean, literally the sea breeze is pouring into this window all the time and I can hear the ocean and I could hear the rain at the same time. And there's just something about the combination. I've got the negative ions coming in from the ocean, which is also very awesome. And then I've got the, uh, negative ions and the ozone coming in from the rain. And it's just this energetic, like, yeah. And then I put in this, um, I put on this, uh, fireplace. (laughs) I know it sounds kind of weird and it's like a boring thing to watch, but it kind of gives an ambiance. And so hearing the fireplace made me feel warm because I had been feeling cold last night. And something about that combination with the solar wind stream that we've been in for a couple days, something about all of that, my cat cuddled with me. I don't know if you can hear this. She's moving a bag around. She's crawling into it and having just the time of her life. (laughs) I went shopping today and I brought home some new bags and she has to explore them all. I put them away. Now she's pulled them out and she, so that's the, that's the, if you hear the plastic in the background, that's the cat. Knowledge, Raven spell. What you doing? Meow. What you doing, girl? Yeah, she's not going to talk to me. She's not going to talk to us right now. She's in her own flow. <laughs> but okay, so I, so I got a good sleep. I, I set myself up for a good morning by having a good night and going to bed relatively early. And I've been doing that for days over the weekend. I went to bed early, uh, earlier than normal. And when anytime I felt like I needed a nap, 
over the past like three, four days, I will just take a nap. And I was exhausted last week. Like I cannot believe how exhausted I was, but all of a sudden today, I'm finally feeling great. Yesterday I was feeling really good, but today was, I was feeling really good. And I just somehow I'm back in the flow, baby. (laughs) So I, you know, so I've done some nice things for myself, including the ambiance. Um, you know, I, it's so important. I think that's like, it it sounds weird, but there's something to do with the ambiance. If you make the environment, which I think the word ambiance really means environment because the way that you say environment in Spanish is ambiental, so which is like almost ambiance, right? So I think that's how um, what that really means. So the environment around you is like super important. And I've got to say, because I live in a construction zone apartment, like there's no shelves, there's no cupboards, there's no doors or drawers except for the sliding screen door and the sliding glass door that is, you know, to go in and out of the house. And that's it. I have no curtains. (laughs) It's like a very rough, like sort of apartment. I mean, it's cool because it's got like 14 foot high ceilings, but you know, he's like, he just put in a, a little window in the bathroom and a little window in the bedroom. And they're really too tiny. Can't really look out of them. It's like really kind of depressing (laughs) at times, but, um, he'll punch a bigger hole in the wall and make it nicer, you know, eventually. But that was just kind of like the preliminary thing. He's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? If you can make these windows way bigger and make them stained glass, that would be really incredible. And so he, he's like, Oh, I love that idea actually. And I'm like, you could even get paint that makes it look like stained glass. So it could be just normal glass, but then, you know, we'll paint it and make it fancy. And he's like, Oh man, I did that in Detroit and my windows were amazing. All my, all my neighbors were like, you can afford stained glass. I'm like, Oh honey, it's paint. <laughs> I'm just good. I'm a good artist, I guess. So, you know, it, it, it tricked them. Anyway, I, I did the charmed windows from the original TV series and I had an old hundred year old house. So I, I made it like charmed windows, <laughs> the exact colors and everything. I like studied the windows in the show and ordered those exact colors. It's it's actually pretty cool. Anyway, so I was, so anyway, I was, um, I was, uh, just in the flow today. And, and so I'm like, you know, so I'm like laying there and I'm thinking about all this stuff. And I just, I started thinking that, um, and I've been thinking this for years, you know, like when you need to sleep, you should sleep. When you need to eat, you should eat right? And if you don't feel like eating, don't eat because it's time to eat. It doesn't seem like, um, healthy to me, you know, Oh, it's nine o'clock in the morning. So it's time for breakfast. What does that mean? Does your body tell you it's time for breakfast? You know, probably it doesn't because people in Japan have this thing that they do that is, um, Oh my God, there's, I just looked and there's this really crazy I don't know what the hell. Oh my God. It's a bee. There's like a green hornet (laughs) or something in my, a bee or I don't know what the hell. 
there's a really weird bug in my house. I don't want my cat to see it, but I just noticed this like, oh, speaking of weird shit, <laughs> I think this is, it might be a scarab beetle. Like, holy moly. Like it, it's pretty. It's like a emerald green scarab beetle. I can't let the cat see it. And I've got to rescue its little life from her. What you doing, girl? <laughs> She's still playing with her little uh, plastic bags. Anyway, uh, I gave her a bite of or, or, uh, the top of the celery. I bought celery to put in my spaghetti sauce because I make a garden vegetable sauce that's excellent. And um, I, she was excited about, about the celery when I came home and sticking out of the bag. And so I'm like, you want some of the celery? And she was just like, she was going crazy for it. And I thought, well, that's cool. So I, I got some of the celery. And so she's been tossing it around up in the air and then jumping up and catching it (laughs) like she does with mice or birds when she brings in animals from outside but since she's an indoor cat now because she got hurt (laughs) I uh I gave her the top of the celery and she's been playing with that now she's laying on it and playing with the plastic bags that she just got out of the cupboard Anyway, that was weird. The scare beetle. I, I got to look that up. That's some kind of a spiritual message. I don't know from what. Hey, little guy. That's really, really, really trippy. And he's on my, um, <laughs> I should look at, I'm going to pause this in fact, and I'm going to look it up because this might be part of my flow state. Okay. Holy Moses. <laughs> I, okay. So I looked up emerald green scarab beetle spiritual significance and I spelled significance wrong (laughs) and they corrected me and on the very first result it says the scarab beetle is also the symbol of the soul therefore (laughs) beetle spiritual meaning may be a soul trying to connect with you in any case know that the spirit guides are watching over you and that you're being taken care of and now that I said it emerald green I came here on the emerald green ray and so did my twin flame so there's that then (laughs) so maybe he's gonna contact me soon I will be so happy to hear from him and this is really 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 trippy um so yeah this is definitely a part of my flow state I mean, it's just key. It just keeps going and I'm so grateful for it. All right. So of course, as you know, uh, in Egypt, the scare beetle is a sacred symbol of immortality, resurrection and transformation. And it is a powerful ally and totem for creation and metamorphosis of your life. And then here's another one. What is a green beetle a sign of? Let me see what that says. Um, so it could be a considered a spirit animal and it's associated with things, um, such as prosperity and health. Oh my God. All right. And then it says here what I love when they have like the, the suggestion questions. I always like looking at these. So are scarabs considered lucky? It says it is a potent symbol for good luck. It's a powerful connection and insinuates the scarab to be a protector of evil. Probably they mean from evil. And it's a symbol of rebirth, regeneration, and transformation. This 
is like super, super, super trippy. And it says, what does it mean when a scared beetle crosses your path? Symbol of the soul. Um, they're trying to connect some, so a soul is trying to connect with you. Okay. So it's the same thing I just read. It's a different entry, but the same thing I just read. Um, Oh my God. And then it says, what insect symbolizes death and rebirth? (laughs) The sacred scarab. (laughs) It's a death symbol and I'm the angel of death. Hey, scarab beetle, you're so beautiful. I love beetles are really beautiful. Kind of freaked me out. I was like, oh my God, this thing is crawling really close, very gently. And, 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 and what's weird is it's on my board that I bought where I was taking notes of all of the classes I would like to teach in Udemy and I haven't done it yet. I've been, I wrote my first class, which is really long. It's going to be at least 10 videos. It's going to be good, but about anxiety and all the different parts of anxiety, things I've never heard anyone say before. God channeled this through me. And, um, it's going to be a really good class. If you have any anxiety at all, this, this class might be of help to, to you of service. But anyway, this beetles on this board and I'm thinking maybe now's the time to do it. Now's the time to get all this stuff done. I mean, now that I've got my permanent residency visa, which has been freaking me out for years, like, God, I, it's like, once I get to this level, I could finally relax. And I had that in the back of my mind. I've been here four years. And finally, I'm like, oh, God, I'm not going to get kicked out. I'm not going to get deported. I'm totally here. And I'm in. I'm here indefinita. I don't have to reapply for anything. It says indefinitely in Spanish, indefinita. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here like forever. <laughs> all I know, all I have to do is just live. And I'm like, yeah, baby. (laughs) So that is really, of course, that's amazing. So it says, um, since the sun is reborn every day at sunrise, the heart scarab is a large flat scarab placed on the mummy. And it's a symbol of rebirth of the dead. Okay. That is really, really trippy. And speaking of, of that, I read a weird article today. I didn't, I just read the headline. There's a, um, an animal, a frog that came back from the dead. And I think that some toads have, um, the symbol, they are the symbol of immortality as well. And anyway, there's this, uh, frog that was, um, that came back from extinction and it's back. It said that somewhere in the Bible or in one of the holy books. I don't know exactly where, but somebody told me this a few weeks ago that when, um, animals start coming back from extinction, that means we're in the end times, which is odd. Why would they come back? Hey, make it a final come back <laughs> currently in the, where are they now file? Well, let me tell you, motherfucker, I'm no longer extinct. I'm here now. <laughs> you know, like, what is that? It's so weird. I, God is amazing, right? This world, the universe, whatever's going on, this matrix or whatever, it is really weird. Over the last few years, I mean, I've heard stories of three or four different animals that were completely extinct and suddenly they're back. (laughs) And then said in the holy books, it's going to happen when the end times, it's like, we know we're in the end times, but it's just one more way that we know it's one more sign. 
it's just, it just trips me the hell out, man. So anyway, um, so I was in the flow state today, getting back to this. So how do you get into the flow state? Okay. I'll tell you my day in a minute, but okay. First things first is I, um, I felt like a few days ago, I felt like eating a lot of food, which is weird. I don't eat a lot. Usually I eat one meal and that's satisfying. I'm I'm not hungry the rest of the day. I'm never hungry. It's been a problem my whole life. I never, ever get hungry. Sometimes I'll eat twice a day. You know, if I feel like, Hey, maybe I am a little run down, need to eat more. And last week I ate this, um, potato thing that I've been wanting to try for six months. And I, and this guy was like, it's really good. You're going to love it. And I just kind of felt like it's going to be so fattening. And so whatever, like there's no way in hell I'm going to eat this all the time. But so, but I was just like, screw it. I was hungry. I didn't have that many groceries. I was feeling kind of sick. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to order this, this potato thing from him. It's five different cheeses and cream with the potatoes. And then it's baked in the oven. It's like mashed potatoes or smashed potatoes. But then there's like big chunks of potato, like it's kind of like a half-assed job. <laughs> I, mean, I swear to God, there's like something about this country that just belongs to me. Like there's some, it's like a kind of a way that I, maybe I'd make potatoes, you know, like if I was drunk or something <laughs> or if I was high, I don't know. It's like half done. Like, I mean, cause when I'm not, you know, altered chemically, of course I make perfect mashed potatoes. But I remember, um, making mashed potatoes with my kids and they said they were done and all right. And they were like lumps in them and I don't care. I'm like, you know what? All right. That's good. I like them like this, you know? And anyway, so these potatoes were just like that. When I, last time I made mashed potatoes with my kids when they were really little, it was the same. So it's like mashed potatoes. And then some of the potatoes are not mashed and they're mashed with the skins on because it's good for you to have the skins on the, it was like really amazingly good. And then there's randomly, there's like onions and bacon in it. It's like, Oh my God, it's like so decent. It's so good, but not really, it's not the kind of thing you want to eat every day. Right. So I had that and I had pepperoni pizza. I hadn't had, um, I've had pepperoni pizza twice in the past two weeks. And before that I didn't eat pepperoni for like two months. Right. So I was just like, the hell with it. That's why I feel like eating. I ordered, um, a fresh fruit juice, which was really good. And I had that and I had, um, I don't know what else. Oh, he sent Um, I, I ordered a brownie and he sent a, a cup of ice cream with it. And, um, and then for some inexplicable reason that all of this, uh, non came with it, which I think was a pizza crust. I think I mentioned this on Friday, right? Well, so I had all that food and I, it took me all weekend to eat it. It was so much food, $22. And I ate, it took me three, three days, like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is, are the days I ate it. Right. And I was just like, okay. And I, I ran out of that food. And then I had like two meals uh, besides that for the whole you know, um, so I had like five meals in like four days or something. Like, so I woke up today finally. And I'm like, I don't have any freaking food in the house. I have like spaghetti and nothing to put on it, you know, like olive oil. And I had like two old cloves of garlic that might be too dried out to use. And that's it. I'm like, shit, I got to get some food. But for some weird reason, I woke up and I had all this energy, like nine o'clock in the morning, I'm out of bed like a shot at nine fourteen, 
And 14 has been a number come up all day long. So 9.14 a.m., I'm up and I'm like, I said to the cat, I'm like, I'm going to play some music. You ready? And she's, and she's like so into it. I turn on my Queen Herbie playlist and boy, the cat and I danced together for like, I don't know. She wanted me to hold her and dance with her for like six minutes. It was like an insane workout for my arms. <laughs> and I danced and I danced and I danced for another 10 minutes. I got my heart rate up. I felt amazing. And I haven't felt like this in a long time. And so, um, without any pain, without any, um, arthritis, you know, nothing like in my, my ankle was really good. It's hurting a tiny bit now, but you know, I have metal rods in my leg, you know? So normally, you know, I try to dance. And then after a few minutes I need to sit down because it's like, God, my leg hurts. This is why I need a swimming pool. Cause I won't, you know, having the compression of the water pushing on my leg will actually make it feel good and help to take the inflammation out and I can exercise really well. So I'm like trying to get to a place where I have a swimming pool to work out in. And so, um, you know, I, I want one so bad. And, and my landlord's like, just go in the ocean. I'm like, dude, in swimming pools, I could see to the bottom and there's no sharks. There's no stingrays. There's nothing going to hurt me. There's no crabs. There's no, you know, sand fleas. It's like, I'm kind of freaked out by, you know, thinking about going swimming in the ocean. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, uh, I don't really know how to swim very well. And, and even if I can swim a little bit, I'm not a strong swimmer. If I get carried out, I'm just going to die. You know, I'd rather just go into like, you know, have a pool noodle. So I'm not going to drown. Okay. (laughs) You know, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, a champion surfer over here. I'm like, you know, I want to do aerobics in the water. You know, I barely swim a little bit, you know, anyway. (laughs) So anyway, so I was just like, all right. I, so I got up and I danced and I was just like, I'm going to have my coffee. I ran out of milk two days ago. So I've been, uh, or no, three days ago, like on Friday, I think I ran out of milk. So for like all weekend long, I haven't put any milk in my coffee. I've just, I've been putting, um, lemon, which I'm I'm doing it like the European style. And then, um, all day yesterday, I just had normal coffee, just a little bit of sugar and that's it. No milk. And, and today, same thing. I woke up, had a cup of coffee, danced for like forever, like 20 minutes or something with the cat and without the cat and, and then sang some songs, which I do to strengthen my lungs. I like to sing and I, and I like to rap. You know, I, I like to memorize rap songs because if I can do that, then I'm like, you know, getting that airflow going. Right. So it's a fun way for me to, you know, keep my lungs, you know, decent and um, healthy. So, so I get, you know, so I do all this and, um, I'm like, shit, I need to go, I need to go to, um, the grocery store. And that was like my only goal, you know, around 11 o'clock, you know, I was there for like two hours um, talking to a couple friends online and, um, just you know, like text messaging and, um, just a few different things. I, I got in touch with people I haven't talked to in six months and it felt great to interact with my old friend, Lena from my old neighborhood, you know, and she was just asking me how things are. She's like, you know, like I'm making the bank, you know, and she does, she cleans up, man. She makes the best food in the community and everyone knows it. So she'll like say, Oh, I've got brownies. Oh my God. And everyone, Oh, I gotta have a brownie. And she just like cleans up. And then at the end of the year, she does this raffle 
and she has a list of all the names of people who bought from her. And then she gives um, three gifts away. She wraps them in Christmas wrap. <laughs> and then she uh, does a raffle and she does like a live video that you could go and watch. And she has her helpers, um, the neighbor kids come over and they help her, you know, spin the wheel. It's like a big deal, right? It's like, holy shit, Lena's, she's freaking awesome. I love her dearly. I mean, man, she's one of the coolest people I ever met. Anyway, so she and I had a conversation and then I had, had a conversation with a couple other people and I, you know, it's a whole long story, but this guy sent me, my landlord sent me this thing and it said, if you contact, if you send this to 20 of your WhatsApp friends, then you have a chance to win this phone and it it looked like I won. And I was like, holy shit, I want a phone. And I sent this to like 45 of my friends because it wasn't registering, you know? And so then all these people started writing me back. I'm like, holy shit, this is a scam. Oh my God. And then they're like, what are you writing to me? What are you sending me? And I'm like, holy moly, I can't believe I fell for this. And then Xander sends me a thing going, I'm sorry, that was a scam. (laughs) I sent you a scam. He says it was so early in the morning. It was nine in the morning. And I wasn't thinking straight because I didn't have my coffee yet. I'm like that. I was sitting down at 11 to have my coffee. And I see that. I'm like, holy shit, I want a phone. <laughs> I did the same thing. He sent it to 45 people. I sent it to 45. I'm like, damn it. We both fell for this stupid scam. He's like, I think it might be like a fishing thing or like, I don't know. And I'm like, oh, my God. And nothing's happened. My tablet's fine. I just deleted it from everybody's message. I'm like, just don't go there. Just go me. It was, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) So I sent this scam to 45 people. (laughs) That part wasn't so much in the flow. And then I had to unsend it to 45 people and apologize to the four or five people that actually saw it. But it was really cool because even my friend Luis, he's, um, He's a, uh, an archangel that I met. I recognized him and I saw his wings out of the corner of my eye. And I recognized him. I'm like, holy shit, I know you. And he's like, I know you too. And we just like ran up to each other and hugged each other. We recognized each other. And I said, you're an archangel. And he goes, oh my God, I am. He all of a sudden like boom in an instant remembered. And he's like, well, you are too. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I haven't seen you since we were in heaven. And he's like, yeah. And then we just like hugged. It was like crazy, right? And this was like a couple months ago. Anyway, I wrote to him and he wrote me and he said, we just had a 4.6 earthquake. And I look, it was in the San Francisco um, area of Quito, which is the San Francisco uh, church that the devil built in one night with the, with the demons. And, and then they had human workers there too. And some of the humans died and they buried the bones in the church is really fucking creepy. If you go to my Instagram, which is mermaid girl, 88, really far down on there, you'll see, um, like a skull and crossbones picture. And that was a picture I took from that church from inside that demon church, the, the devil built it. Right. And then the guy tricked the devil at the end, the devil said, look, you said, if I could do this within 24 hours, this is a massive church, massive courtyard. It's, it's huge and it's beautifully built, but it's dark. It's like black and dark Brown and, and gray. And it's energetically so, so, so dark. Right. My friend brought me there. And the moment I got inside the church and started hailing outside for an hour and then Finally, the demons released us, allowed us outside. And the minute my son, who's also an archangel, we walked outside and the demons start pelting my son and I, but not my friend. They only do this apparently to archangels. They start pelting us with rocks. 
we couldn't see the demons, but we knew that they were demons. And I looked at him and he looked at me and he goes, he's like, I think the demons are pissed off at us. I'm like, yeah, I think so too. And, um, and so my friend told us the story of this church that the, the man said, I will give you my soul. I will sign on the dotted line. If you could build a church or build yeah, a church for, you know, my community. And he had the, everything, all the plans built up and the devil said, okay, all right. He's like, I'm not going to sign until the church is done though. If you can't get the church done on time, then oh well. So 24 hours later, the church is done and the devil's like, okay, sign on the dotted line. And, and the guy said, no, you forgot something. And he had, when the devil wasn't looking, he grabbed part that they had put on. He uh, took it out and it was just like a little, little tiny, um, I don't know. It was just one of the, there's like seven, I can't even, I don't know what you call them. It's like a doodad that goes on the side of the, the fence, but they said they would do it according to his schematic. And there was supposed to be seven of them. And he took one of them out and put it in his pocket when the devil wasn't looking. So at the end, after 24 hours had passed, it was already done. And they said, okay, sign on the dot lines. Like I can't, you didn't finish it. Look there, that one doodad is missing. <laughs> and he tricked the devil and he didn't die and he didn't give his soul up and, and the community has a free church now. Well, the devils sit on top of the church. You can't see them, but they pelt people, you know, with rocks <laughs> and they, and they make it hail all the time and thunder and lightning. It's the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, I don't know why I got into that story, but I had just been telling that story to my friend Laurent yesterday, just yesterday. And then my friend who's an archangel who lives in that area writes to me and says there was an earthquake. So I look it up and it says in the San Francisco area, of course there's an earthquake 4.6. It wasn't that big, but I mean, still in the area where the demons are with this church, it's like totally crazy. And at the same time, um, I had just been writing the word San Francisco to somebody. They asked me, where's your son? And I said, he moved to San Francisco. So the word San Francisco came up like three times. And that was like the beginning of my flow state day. I'm like, okay, something's going to go crazy today. Some shit's going to go down. That's going to be like this synchronicity and that coincidence and this, (laughs) and this, you know, little, you know, flow state thing. I just knew it was going to happen. This coinky dink and that little thing. And, oh, wouldn't you look at that, you know? And so like when I'm writing, uh, you know, something comes up, like a word is on a song, right. When I'm typing it or whatever, it was like constantly like that. So anyway, um, so I think when you start to prioritize yourself, your health is how you get the, into the flow state, which is how you get your wealth. It's how you get your abundance of health and your abundance of money and finances and your abundance of people responding to you in a different way. You prioritize yourself and other people start to prioritize you. Now, if you are somebody who is like totally into yourself and you do everything for yourself hundred percent of the time, maybe your flow state is different, but I'm an empath and I'm kind of a, I don't want to call myself a people pleaser. I have been in the past though you know, but where I'm always worried and functioning in a way in which 
let me make sure the cat's taken care of. Let me make sure the kids are okay. Let me make sure that my friends are okay. And I'll stay up an extra four hours just to talk to my friend, even though I needed the sleep, you know, like that's the kind of person I am. I guess technically I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone else. I'm here on earth to help you guys, to help everybody. So I'm always give, 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 giving, and I'm never taking, and I don't even give to myself which is wrong. Obviously you have to have a balance. So over the past few days, over the past few weeks, I've been thinking about it over the past few days, I've been implementing this. Okay. Look, you know what? It's time that I'm going to give to myself. My friend starts to call me. I'm sorry. You don't call me at three o'clock in the morning because it's midnight in California, which I'm up at midnight Ecuadorian time, but at three in the morning, I, I should be in bed. If I'm not in bed, I'm getting ready to go into bed. And if I'm going to talk to you or ask for another three to four hours, I'm going to need to decompress by watching TV for one or two hours because my anxiety levels go up through the roof when I talk to people, right? Even if it's a wonderful conversation, which usually it is, but I'm still like, ah, oh, I need to decompress, ah, oh, you know, because <laughs> I'm an empath and I need to, ah, oh, and I just need to breathe and I need to watch something cool and smooth, like, you know an old episode of Seinfeld or modern family or community or something or, or star Trek, you know, something that's going to make me kind of happy, make me kind of laugh, make me kind of not think about anyone else at all. You know, it's just how introverts and empaths and light workers work. Usually we're kind of like, fuck, we really need this time to, you know, decompress really without talking to another human being for a couple hours so we can relax, so we can sleep, so we can, go about our day tomorrow and do the whole same shit all over again. So anyway, so I was just like, he started to call me and I was like, I'm not going to answer. And I wrote him when I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. I wrote him back. I said, I was in bed, but I'm going right back to bed again. I just want to let you know, I love you, but I really need to prioritize my sleep tonight. And I think having the combination of my ambiance, having the con, you know, that the first thing was the ambiance. The second thing was prioritizing my health, prioritizing my sleep, prioritizing me, myself, the things that I need, you know, making sure that I have what I need. And so I had all of this, uh, you know, like I'm going to get into where my groove is. This is my time, right? And so anyway, so, so what happened in my day is I, I went through, so I think this is how you get in the flow state. So basically get your, 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 your mind, right. Get your body, right. Get your sleep, right. Get your ambiance, right. Get your environment, right. Get your, um, priorities straight, you know, for yourself, for your life. You know, I, my whole life I've heard you know, what is your life all about? It's about all the people that surround you. And I always thought that meant I need to be there for all those people. And then I'm realizing I'm just over here spinning my wheels and my children had me spinning my wheels. Now they're grown adults. I'm like, shit, if I had, you know, prioritized myself over them a little more, I might've had a little bit more, you know, money or resources to have maybe put them through college. Now they're struggling and working and they're not really, you know, my, even my, my oldest isn't even working, but my youngest is. And I feel like, God, I wish I would have had the money to send them to college. Like, damn it. You know, I was just struggling and surviving 
you know, and people pleasing all over the place. And now I feel like if I had prioritized a little bit more, I probably could have knuckled down and got the shit done. But now I could still do it. They could go to school in two years. It'll be fine. You know, if I could get my crap together in the next year or two, I think I can help them and they're, they don't expect it. So if I was able to do that, that would be great. You know, so I'm, but also I need to, to think about me and thinking about the, the cat and, you know, so I'm prioritizing myself. So I think this is how you do it. I'm going to probably sit down and really, really think about how to get in the flow state. I've also been meditating. I've also been contacting God when I go to sleep, you know, when I'm laying in bed, I'll say to, um, prime creator, I want to talk about this one thing, you know, or whatever. My twin flame contacted me last night. He initiated the conversation and he's like, I really want to talk to you. And I'm like, you haven't called me because you think you're crazy. My, my best friend told me this yesterday, like, and he's like, yeah, I've been thinking, what if I contact you and you don't know why the hell I'm contacting you? It's going to be the weirdest, most socially awkward, random shit ever. Right? I'm like, yeah, that would be weird to hear from like this big famous, you know, celebrity who is my twin flame you know, but if I didn't know it, that he was my twin flame, if I had no idea and then he randomly contacts me, you know, or, or he thinks, what if she thinks it's a different celebrity and not me? And then I contact her. It's like, Psst. you know, Ryan Gosling, who the hell's that? And no, I'm just kidding. Ryan Gosling is not my twin flame. I'm teasing, but <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wait, I wasn't expecting you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's also not my, he's also not my uh, twin, <laughs> but it would be so weird, right? You know, like you're not the celebrity I was expecting. What the hell? You know, like a, a friend of mine started talking to, um, this guy, like they kind of got into this group and it's really the, it's, um, the guy who plays Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds and she's becoming like super good friends with him. And I'm like, I love that guy. I really want to get to know him. You tell him to call me or write me and he'll like talking to me too. He's into this weird, goofy, paranormal UFO spiritual shit. Right. I'm like, Oh, I really want to talk to him. He seems like a really sweet person. And I followed his career since his first, very first sitcom. He was one of my favorite people from the beginning. You know, I don't like all the things he's done, but I mean, Deadpool is hilarious <laughs> in the movie. I just saw, um, red agent or red. I don't know. Red notice. You guys have got to see this. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so I was just thinking of all the different things, you know, and how to get in the flow state. So this morning, get up. I did all that. I, I called the taxi. It flowed like water. You guys, <laughs> and I need to order water. That was the one thing I didn't get done today, but the taxi, usually they take 10 minutes to add, to like con, you know, to contact me back. And then I've got to wait. And the, the roads are so freaking muddy. I can't walk. I can't just walk the four blocks to the taxi place. Cause there's no sidewalk. The whole, all the roads are tore up. All the roads are muddy as shit because we have, um, they're installing a sewer system in this little town and then they're going to pave the roads. Hopefully, hopefully afterwards but it's going to take months. And it's just this big mess. Like they just, even to walk out to the road, like from my gate, it's like a massive hole. 
that I have to avoid and hope to God it's not going to collapse because it's sand and silt mixed. So it's like, it's just a freaking nightmare right now. <laughs> and so I was like, but normally it takes them forever. So she gets, she gets, um, back to me really quickly, sends the taxi within like one minute. I mean, normally it's like, you got to wait 30 minutes. It's like, Oh, it's a ridiculous but today was like, boom, it's just like one minute. I had my taxi, bada boom, bada bing. I get over there. The taxi guy didn't have a problem driving around looking for the place I needed. Cause I forgot to look up the address <laughs> and I get to the shawarma place. I really want a shawarma. My idea was I'm going to start a meat diet. And I looked up this, this article and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm gun ho. I'm going to, the guy didn't have a very good time with it, but maybe he has a different blood type than me. I'm definitely going to do the meat diet, right? I'm not going to only eat meat and nothing else though. This guy did it wrong. He just ate salt and meat and water and nothing else for a week. And he felt like he was going to die and it was horrible for him. I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. You know, I'm going to mix and match, you know, with some vegetables and some fruit, but mostly meat. And that was like my plan. So I get to this, this falafel place. I mean, this shawarma place and, um, it's all Arabic food. The guy's from Beirut. He's an amazing person. And, um, he speaks Arabic and Spanish. So we spoke a little bit in Arabic, only a few words. And then mostly in Spanish. And, um, anyway, I, he's like, well, you came too early. You know, I don't open until three o'clock. My, my, um, you know, shawarma is not going to be ready. I'm like, well, let me get your number. You know, you can have it delivered to my house. So I'll order it like soon from you. And so I got, you know, so I got his number and then he's like, and I'm like, God, I'm really, really hungry. And I don't want to eat in the, in the other restaurants around here. I really wanted your food. And he's like, well, hold on a minute. How about if I just make you a falafel? I'm like, okay. All right. So he makes me, you guys, the most amazing plate of food. I am so grateful right now. He made me this massive plate of food, tons of falafel. He, he cut up, um, a tomato and lettuce and he gave me, um, uh, Arabic yogurt. And I used that as my salad dressing. That was the only dairy I had was the yogurt, which was very healthy. There was nothing in it. It was just pure plain yogurt with the, the probiotics in it, which I really needed. And then he had, um, given me a couple things of Arabic bread. Um, and, and the tahini sauce was, I mean, it tasted like cheese and it was just this ahonholi, um, sesame seeds and, um, garlic and the spices in it. And it's a special, uh, tahini sauce that is made. He has it imported from Lebanon. Holy moly. Was this good? I was, I mean, he gave me a really big bowl of it. I literally, I was like, I ate all of it with the, even with the bread, I was starving. I ate two plates of food. I never eat in the morning. I don't eat until the evening. I eat so much food. I mean, I'm on prednisone, so I'm more hungry than normal, but I ate so much food and it was all vegan except for the, um, the yogurt, which I didn't have very much of it. Right. So I'm sitting here thinking my whole day was going to be centered around meat. And I ended up having an all vegan day. It was the weirdest shit except for the little bit of yogurt, which is like, you know, two tablespoons of yogurt. It wasn't a lot anyway. And I felt amazing. And I'm like, Holy shit. How's this food make me feel so good right now? Normally I eat vegetables and I'm just like, so tired and it makes me exhausted and 
it makes me regret that I ate it. Like, like what, you know, we'll see tomorrow if my, if I look like I'm 10 months pregnant, that's usually what vegetables do to me. It's just, they're terrible for my body. And when I eat meat, I look lean and slim and great and have tons of energy and super alert, you know? So it was just the weirdest day. And then at the end I go to pay and he's like, Oh, it's free. I'm what? Guys, this guy made me two huge plates of food and just gave it to me for free because he enjoyed the conversation. Oh my God. This is like a restaurant. You're trying to run a restaurant here. And this is, you're just like the sweetest guy in the world, right? He is telling me about his kids. He's telling about his wife. You know, it was just really kind of fun. It was just like, I'm hanging out with an old friend. It was like the most amazing. That's how my day started. And then I went to my friend's head shop where he sells uh, bongs and pipes and he's got, oh my God, he's got like a little baby Yoda pipe that just, oh my God, it is so freaking cute. I'm like, I kind of really want that. I'll have to buy it for my son if he's still smoking weed. (laughs) If not, I won't buy it for him. But I was like, God, I really want to get that for my kid. (laughs) He would really love it. Anyway, um, so I was just like, God, you know, um, I was so bummed that the store was closed. And then I went by this place and I was thinking, well, those vegetables are kind of working on me. I need to go to the bathroom, right? And, And I thought, well, maybe I can make it. Just go to this store real quick, get my stuff, and then go home. And then I was all of a sudden my stomach did a flip-flop. I went, oh shit, here it comes. This is the this is the thing. I should not have had all that vegan food. Damn it, I knew it, I knew it. Uh. And I went, so I went to my favorite restaurant, which is very expensive. And I went in there, used their restroom, and came back out. And now my friend with it with the smoke shop had opened his business suddenly. I'm like, oh my God. Like I've gone there at night and he's closed, and he's usually open at night. So I hadn't seen him. I tried to, I've been trying to stop by there since August and I've always had bad timing. Suddenly I'm in the flow. Perfect timing. He, he lets me in. He, he hugs me so hard. He was so happy to see me. And then his employee shows up and he's happy to see me and he gives me a big hug. It's like so cool. And, and I sit down and we're just having this like flow conversation. It's just this flow state. Like he is the coolest person. He's like super in love. He's got kids. He's also, I have, so like all of my friends recently have been happily married men who are not coming on to me. They just want to know me as a, as a friend. Right. And it's just like the most amazing thing. So I just was hanging out there and he's like, and he just says randomly, Oh, by the way, I, I have a farm where I grow coffee and I have this special roast, this blend that I just made. Would you want a cup of coffee? And now I'm getting some of the best coffee I've ever had in my life given to me for free again, but he doesn't have any milk. So again, vegan, what the fuck is going on with the vegan stuff? Suddenly out of nowhere, I haven't had milk in my coffee in four days. Right. And I'm like, what the hell is happening over here? So I get to the store, of course. So, you know, after, Oh, and then I go back to my favorite restaurant, the expensive one. And I said, I just have a question. Do you ever have a masa madre? And, and so the guy speaks the chef, that makes the most amazing desserts that I had one on my birthday. And I mean, they're like six or seven dollars and they're really small, but they're, oh my God, they're like, like the top, like, I can't even explain how great this guy is. He's the best, maybe the best dessert I've ever had in my life, you know? And, and I've had 
from the top chefs in the world. I've had like meals from a couple really, really good, like at least in the top 20 chefs, but the number one chef in the United States cooked for my kids and I a few years back. And we were like, we're the only people in the restaurant and he gave a special treatment. We were like, Oh my God. And we had no idea when we walked in and he was literally rated. He, he was like in a magazine. They showed it to us. We're like, Oh my God. I mean, we were crying. It was, the food was so good. It made us cry. He made a roasted corn thing with peppers. that made us cry. We weren't even foodies and we were crying. Now my son became a foodie after that, wanted to be a chef after that experience. It was like that good. Anyway, so, uh, and I'm like, I'm like getting a little weepy over corn is stupid, but uh, when people do like their passion and their art is their food and they make food into art that it's like edible and it's like that love that flows through what they're doing and their passion. And then you eat it and you feel that love and that passion that flow inside you. And you're like, there's like this heart connection that happens between you and the chef and the food and the, and God himself and the, in your soul, there's something really magical about all that shit. And it's nothing I ever understood before that experience. But after that, I was like, huh, I think I'm going to seek out the best food, right? Well, this chef, he's on the same level from a pastry, uh, you know, um, point of view, right? So he's a different kind of chef, but his, his desserts are like so fucking elevated. And we're like in this podunk little surfing town in South America. But this guy, I mean, seriously, he could be cooking for fucking Kings. He's so, so, so good. Anyway, and so he tells me pan de campo is the other word for sourdough bread because I was asking for masa madre. So I learned something new in Spanish today. And so I got sourdough bread. I haven't tasted it yet. I'll tell you guys how it is tomorrow. I'm having it for breakfast, but which is also vegan, by the way. So I get to the store and all I wanted was vegetables and fruit. And I did get some meat and some milk for my coffee. Because, I mean, I'm not going to do the vegan thing forever. (laughs) It usually breaks down somewhere around the first week where I start to get run down. But, I mean, everything flowed. And it was like the strawberries were good and fresh. I never get strawberries. The bananas were brand new. Like, all of the food, the fruit that I normally pass over, because it's like, eh, it's been there a few days. It was all brand new. It was all fresh. It was like boom, 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 boom. Everything lined up. I ran into my friend from Iran. I've known him for four years and um, had a good conversation with him. I said, I've been thinking about you. Wanted to make sure you guys are doing okay. How's your wife? How's your kids? You know, again, a happily married man who just likes to, you know, hang out and talk for a few minutes here and there. Get into the grocery store. I meet two men. That those were, I think they're single men and they were kind of interested in me. And I thought, wow, I must be looking kind of cute today. <laughs> and I, and I noticed that I've lost weight and I'm feeling better. And again, with that flow state thing, that whole, like I can dance, I can, you know, exercise, I can, and I'm just in this flow. It's in this flow. And all these people are like, how do you make your turkey stuffing? I want to try to make a Thanksgiving dinner because I used to live in the U.S. and now I miss Thanksgiving dinner and Thanksgiving is this week and I'm going to celebrate. This is an Ecuadorian man telling me, I need to know how to make the stuffing. What do you do? So I had to tell him how to make the stuffing. I'm like, you got to look it up in case, but this is how I remember it. He's like, well, how do you season the turkey? Do you put like spice on it? What do you do? And I'm like, No, you just put like, you know, herbs and butter on top. He's like, that's it. I'm like salt and pepper. 
you know, it's easy. And he's like, oh my God. And how many hours? I'm like, well, how big is your turkey? And it's like, I haven't had these kind of conversations since I left the States like seven years ago. You know, <laughs> you know, maybe when I was in Detroit four years ago, but it was like crazy. It was like so amazing. And everywhere I looked, people were, even though we're all wearing masks in the store, people were smiling at me. They were hugging me. They were fist bumping me. They were like elbow to elbow. We were laughing and joking. Every single interaction I had today was in this flow state. And this is how I handled it when I got into the taxi and I just said, God bless this man. And as I'm going down the road, I'm like, God bless these people. Bless those dogs. Bless that cat. Bless those roosters. Oh, bless that little pigeon. Oh, that little poor little guy's got mange. I saw a dog with mange. It asked me to pet him. I'm like, fuck no, I'm not going to pet you, dude. But I'm going to send you blessings. And I asked God to bless that dog. And remember thinking, if I could catch that dog, I could take him over to the... Um, the vet and they'll treat him but then I thought if I touch that dog (laughs) and I come home and bring mange to my cat she will never forgive me if she loses her beautiful black fur so that will be the end of that so I'm like I'm not going to touch you dude because I got a cat I told him I have a cat and he went oh and he can't give me this oh shit look and he goes forget it and then he turned around and left I've never had a dog do that in my life it was hilarious he gave me this look like he totally understood me like no I got a cat I can't touch you he's like oh yeah all right I think he saw it in my aura. I've got a cat. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Turn around, buddy. I'm a cat person. <laughs> I love dogs too, but a little tiny puppy ran up to me today and gave me so much love. I mean, all this flow state sort of shit happened to me and it was amazing and I feel great. And I, and I got home and I asked my, um, I went to knock on my neighbor's door and his girlfriend's here. And I had never met her before. And she's like one of the sweetest people in the world. She helped me while I held my cat. She pulled all my groceries into the door because I can't allow Knowledge Ravenspell to go outside anymore because I don't want her to get hurt again. And it was after dark by the time I got home. And I had tons of energy. Usually I can't get up those stairs with all my groceries without huffing and puffing. And today I was fine. And I had to go up and down the stairs three different times. I made three trips instead of one. And that made the difference too. But I just felt like so much more strong, so much better. My, I jumped a timeline or something and I feel great physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually. <laughs> and here I'm looking at this spiritual beetle, this little emerald green, beautiful baby scarab in my house right now it means prosperity and it's on my board with how I'm going to make prosperity happen in my life it's a decision that I made uh, last week when I realized I cannot work from 5 to 9 in the morning I am not a morning person I was trying to you know fit myself into a round hole but I'm a square peg it's not going to fucking work (laughs) so I think that's everything. Don't try to make yourself fit into other people's ideas. Anyway, we're going to have an astrology Tuesday. We haven't had one in a long, long while, but first we're going to get into the space weather news. You guys, we are in a solar wind flow right now. And I think that whatever the last one was that 
put us through our paces and through a lot of emotional shit. This one is making up for it. <laughs> now that we're outside of that 1111 portal, I feel great. The 1111 portal did me in. I mean, you could tell the difference. It's night and day difference, isn't it? Last week, my energy levels versus right now. Hopefully you can tell the difference. Yesterday was the last day of that, that 11 day portal. And when it closed, I was like, thank God. And it's like supposed to be this super spiritual twin flame thing. And it was like rough as hell for me, but I feel amazing today. It's like, okay, it's over. And now I feel great. <laughs> and today is V's birthday. My first my first true love, but he is married to, he fell in love. So he's, I haven't talked to him in years, but I know he's in love and he's married. But anyway, today's his birthday, 1123. It's like, oh yeah. Anyway, um, current solar wind speed is 480.5 uh, kilometers per second. So obviously a lot slower than yesterday. So we're at the tail end and we're just now getting ready to exit out of that solar wind flow. So by tomorrow, you might notice another energetic shift and it's going to be a downshift where you're going to be like, we don't have as much energy flowing our way. The, now the cosmic radiation will come back in a little bit stronger tomorrow, but that's not going to be that big of a deal. A new sunspot is growing at the circled location. So it's like the lower left-hand side of the sun right now, just below the equator. Um, so uh, there's pictures of stars. They're not Aurora Borealis. They're red, and it looks like a red rainbow. It's like a, it's like a fuchsia red rainbow. If you want to check that out, spaceweather.com is where that is. The cosmic radiation right now is at a high, but it's also 0.2% lower than it's been in the past 48 hours. There's a SARS map. If you want to go check out these other phenomenon in the sky, we're not going to talk about it today, but it is kind of in the shape of a big red falcon or eagle and it looks like it has a tiger's face it's over canada and the u.s that might i might have to look into that energetically tomorrow and i'll let you know what i think if they still have it so we're exiting the stream of solar wind that's flowing from the southern corona hole in the sun but this one feels like everything is going to be okay now i don't know so my theory on what part of the sun it flows you know i'm still working on it all Sky Fireball Network and NASA's All Sky Cameras say that they saw 25 fireballs over the United States. That's meteorites. Um, 16 were sporadic, three were Leonids, three were Northern Taurids, two were Alpha Monocerotids, and one was a November Omega Orionid. <laughs> All ones I've never heard of before. Okay, going over to uh, DisclosureNews.it. Oh my God, we have Power 29 spike followed by a Power 29 spike <laughs> in the Schumann Residence. It's normally 7.83, so this is significant. So 29 plus 29 does it's it's twin numbers. So I think it relates to twin flames. And then I realized, holy moly, two plus nine equals what? Eleven. The twin flame number. Oh my God. It's like a secret hidden 1111 nod to the twin flames, baby. I feel like the next group of us, hopefully I'm in this group, will be able to meet soon. I just feel it. Do you guys feel it? I hope it's true. 
heartmath.org is where we go next for the other Schumann Resonance news. And on the 2300 hour, on the 21st of November, which was Sunday, this is what was happening. Here's an angel number for you. California was at 55 hertz frequency. Hafuf, Saudi Arabia, and Northland, New Zealand are both at zero still. Lithuania was at 126 hertz frequency. Alberta, Canada was at 72 hertz frequency. And here we go again, another number repeating. Louis, South Africa, 272. So 72 twice. Those are the Schumann Resonance news. Um, So that's it for the day. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to learn about planetary returns and their influence on us right after a word from our sponsor. This episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast, is sponsored by Jupiter Jewels, an independent online crystal store, helping you to connect more deeply with all Jupiterian blessings, including spirituality, abundance, self-growth, and more. Providing affordable shipping across the UK, Europe, and North America, Jupiter Jewels can help you progress on your spiritual path with ease. Visit jupiter-jewels.com today to explore life's hidden jewels. That's jupiter-jewels.com. guys I started to listen to my introduction because I know I'm like jumping around all over the place so excited about I have so much information to share with you guys and the scare beetle interrupted me when I was starting to say something about Japan people in Japan that follow um, I don't know I guess uh, their flow state and the natural ways that the body um, does things uh, people that are wanting to be very healthy there's kind of like i guess a part of the culture and probably not everyone in japan does this but it's common that people don't eat until noon they don't have anything to eat because they know that the body clock normally and naturally is in the sleep state followed by the elimination state where your body is getting rid of all the waste products um, from the day before and then from right when you come off your sleep. So you're going to go to the bathroom a lot. You're going to, you know, and so your stomach is not ready to receive food because your body is eliminating. So it's like in the elimination stage. And then at the end of that, then you eat and then you you know and and so there's like this body regulation thing that people in japan do so i thought that was interesting and it it can't be that japanese people are different than anyone else in the world right you know we're all human so it seems to me logically that it's the same for everybody right that you know we just 
in the Western world, we just like kind of ignore that and go, well, it's time to eat. You've got to eat before you go to school and work. So, you know, that's how I grew up. Um, you know, got to eat, got to eat, get up and eat. And it's like <clears throat> my whole life. Um, I remember thinking, God, I don't want to get up at all. <laughs> and not only do I not want to get up, I also definitely don't want to eat. And I feel like having the food forced on me, you know, first thing in the morning and also all the food being, um, not healthy for someone with asthma, but nobody knew anything about that back then. I mean, you know, in the seventies, nobody knew anything. You know, I just remember, you know, like as an adult looking back on that going, God, you know, I don't think that's very intelligent. You know, I think you should follow the flow state of your body as well. You know, like where your body wants to eat, where your body wants to drink, when your body wants to move when your body wants to rest you should follow the natural state of your body don't exercise because it's tuesday don't eat because it's 9 a.m you know don't say well i'm home from work and it's six o'clock that means it's time to eat it's like no sometimes it's time to eat at four in the afternoon and sometimes it's time to eat at 9 30 or 11 at night even you know, even though it's not always recommended, especially if you're trying to lose weight, but you know, I think your personal rhythms and patterns might be different than everybody else's possibly, you know, because you're a different person and you have different, um, hormones are flowing at different times and you know, your cir circadian ryth rhythms and you know, astrology and God knows what is, what else is going on in there. I mean, maybe you're an archangel and you have something else going on, or maybe you're a, a light worker or you're a star seed from another planet originating. Like, you know, who the hell knows? There's like a million different explanations and reasons and intricacies, intricacies, can't even say this word, but idiosyncrasies, idiosync, I can't even say that word either. Never mind. All the words begin with I that sound complicated. Those words <laughs> that you might possibly be. Um, it just seems to me that you got to flow with the flow of what your body wants, what you're comfortable with, what, you know, I, I think that's what I was trying to get across in the introduction anyway. I know it's not completely clear. I might actually do a show on this and, and sit down and think and write things down in my uh, notebook and figure it out because I feel like there's something we haven't touched upon yet in all five seasons so far. I haven't done a show on flow state. In fact, this is another part of my flow state situation here. Um, that's been happening for a couple days now. And over the weekend I came up with, uh, well, tonight's show and I wrote it like super, super quick. Um, so I'm going to pause this for a minute and, and go fine tune some of the information I forgot to write down, but for the most part, um, I'm done. And I was already done a couple days ago because I thought this was like such a cool topic. Planetary returns is what we are talking about and i'm going to start with something really super fun i'm going to tell you about this website and i would love for you guys to go explore on exploratorium.edu this is the coolest thing now let me see i'm going to tell you what the you could just search engine you know look up on the search engine your age on other worlds 
Exploratorium, which is just E-X-P-L-O-R-A-T-O-R-I-U-M dot E-D-U, okay? So just look up your age on other worlds, Exploratorium, okay? It says, this is hilarious. It says, want to melt those years away? Travel to an outer planet. <laughs> so just to kind of help you understand that this world is so strange and we're full of illusions over here. Okay. In this third dimension. And I was also watching cosmic disclosure in the past two days. Um, and one of the things that came up was, I think it was David Adair. He said, if you're a fifth dimensional being and you're lowering low, basically he didn't say this part, but you're basically lowering your vibration to come to the third dimension. When you come here, but he did say this part, when the spaceships come here, the spacecraft comes here. Now they have to deal with our physics, our laws of physics, our world, our third dimensional stuff and their spaceships can't handle it and they get here and they have to deal with the laws of physics here so think about that for a moment the laws of physics are different in different areas of the universe and in different dimensions it's just keep that in the back of your mind we're not going to go over it again today but it's a really weird thought right it's interesting And if you think about it and contemplate it for a few moments, you're going to realize, huh, we're not stuck. We're not stuck in time. We're not stuck in space. (laughs) We're not stuck as the third dimensional beings we keep thinking we are. We're not stuck at all, guys. And so I'm going to get your mind flowing in this kind of fashion. And this is how I got into my flow state was thinking these thoughts over the weekend as well. So it says, want to melt those years away, travel to an outer planet. So I did, I popped in my birthday and pushed the word calculate. And I found out that of course on earth, as you might know, (laughs) my earth years, I am 53.2 earth years old. Now I have been alive on earth for 19,447.2 days as of yesterday. I guess it's 19,448 today. (laughs) Isn't that weird? I'm not even, I'm not even 20,000 days old, not even 20,000 days old yet. (laughs) It's so weird. Um, but in, on Mercury, my ruling planet, I am only 221 years old, (laughs) but on Venus, I am 86.5 years old. Now, why is this on every planet? You're a different age. And because it takes every planet a different amount of time to go around the sun. So on Mars, I'm 28.3 years old. So I'm going to go by my Martian years by now, from now on. (laughs) Um, It's better than saying I'm this age in dog years, right? (laughs) When you're 70 years old, you could say I'm 10 years old in dog years, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> but in Jupiter, on Jupiter, I'm only 4.46 years old, Jovian years. So I'm not even five years old. <laughs> I'm not even five years old. <laughs> it's so weird, right? Okay. You know, on Saturn, I'm only 1.8 years old. On Uranus, <laughs> I'm only 0.63 years old in Uranian years. <laughs> in Neptunian years, I'm only 0.32 years old. <laughs> so like, a, you know, a fourth of a year old, basically. And in a Plu on Pluto, I'm only 0.214 years old. I'm hardly any age. I'm just barely alive <laughs> in, in terms of Pluto, Plutonic years. It's very weird. Plutonian, they say Plutonian years. It's very, very weird. So I, uh, there is, oh, and then there's rotation. So every planet has a different way in which it rotates and every planet has a different way in which it like basically swirls around the sun. It, it makes its revolutions around the sun. So every planet is spinning and then it's also like a mobile. It's going around the sun, right? And when you're born, you have your fixed stars in the sky and planets and they're they're or they're not always fixed that way though. The, everything is in motion. Everything, all the stars, all the suns, all the moons, all the planets, all the asteroids and comets and heavens to Murgatroyd, everything out there is actually in motion. And as it's in motion, you know, it just is going on its own merry little way. But when you are born at the second that you're born, we look at that and boom, we, we, we look at the fixed picture of what it looks like when you're born because we're now able to see because of these patterns, how you are influenced by the universe itself. And before you were born, you chose what house, what you know, what sign your planets are going to be in. You knew when the planets were going to be at a certain time and you figured out how is that going to line up with what you want to do when you're here? How's it going to line up to help you get to your karma? How's it going to help you develop your personality that will lead you to the great things you wish to accomplish in this world? How does that help you get into the flow state of what you needed to experience to complete your karma? How is this going to help you line up personality wise and behavior wise in a way that will put you in the flow to meet your soulmates, to meet your frenemies, to meet your karmic relationships you need to fix and, and get over and to meet those hard ass things that you have to go through, that you have to overcome so that you could say, I overcame homelessness. I was, you know, sexually assaulted, but I got over that. I am not a victim. I am a survivor, but it took, you know, your planets put you in these, all these situations. Like, you know, I mean, obviously a person is hurting you. It's their fault for hurting you. But on some level it's possible that maybe, you know, they, you and them had an agreement. You're going to do this horrible, heinous thing to me because you're going to be a monster because your planets are so fucked up. And, but that 
thing is going to help me learn and grow about myself. It's going to help me see the world as not a very safe place. So I'm going to be more on guard and as a more cautious person, that's going to protect me later on. That will, that will prevent someone from murdering me in the street because I'll be like, Oh shit, it's after dark. Got to get home, you know, or whatever. I mean, God, I don't know. I'm making this part up, but you know, but you know, who the hell knows what, all the things are happening. I mean, someone might have their planet so fucked up that that makes them a rapist or a murderer or whatever. And then their parents might also have really fucked up charts, but that might also be really shitty karma because maybe they are the darker people in the world by, and by darker, I mean like the, um, they have the most, they're living in the shadow and the darkness and the obscurity you know, they're living in the darker energies that, that don't have the light shining on them. And a third of the people are evil, basically. And a third of the people are always pure and good. And then a third of us are, we're gray. We're like, yeah, we could kind of see both sides, you know, sure. The evil side, they have got cookies, you know, <laughs> they're a little interesting. You know, they take drugs, they have got cookies. It's, it's kind of, kind of a little bit intriguing over there, but the good side has its good points. Sure. Sure. Music might not be as good, but Hey, you know, <laughs> you know, so the people in the middle area is like, oh, they're trying to figure it out, <clears throat> which is okay. Nothing wrong with that. But I was thinking about all this. Um, I didn't know how it all relates to us. And someone said something about the returns. And I heard the word Jupiter return. And I think that a few weeks ago, I started to put some shit together in my mind where I figured that, you know what, this is really fucking weird, but every 13 years or so I was going through a major shift in my life. And that is really, really trippy. I wonder what that is. So I was thinking about it, mulling it over, popped it in my subconscious mind, let my subconscious mind work on it for a day or two or a week. And all of a sudden I got a, something on my Instagram feed, like on Saturday or something that said Jupiter returns. And I'm like, huh, wait a minute. I've never heard of this. I've only heard of a Saturn return. And that's how this show tonight was born <laughs> because, um, I started thinking about when do the planets return? So what does that mean? So when your chart, um, you know, so your chart is a snapshot of the sky, basically through the astronomer's lens or astrologer's lens of the second you were born. That's why it's important to know your longitude, your latitude and the very minute that you are born because during that minute, that sky is exactly a certain way. One minute later, things are already moving. Things are already a little bit changed. Four hours later, oh, you have a whole nother chart, totally different thing. So I have always been uh, thinking about my whole life. I've been thinking about the Saturn returns. And I remember when I met my husband, I was 28 years old. I had a near death experience. My, um, first husband said we should get married because you didn't have insurance and my God, this is going to cost us a fuck of a lot of money. I got out of it cause I wasn't married. It didn't implicate him, 
But I mean, I was in the hospital for like 10 days. And I mean, I had to be in a heart unit. I had to have a, a machine pumping my lungs. It was really horrible, really, really horrible. I got this um, million year old fever or 10. I think they said it was like 10,000 years old. It was like a vi- or a fungus. They came out of the Northridge, the mountains in Northridge, California, when the Northridge earthquake hit. It, it was like the damnedest thing. And that was probably in my astrology to get that. But I... I got this horrible fungus. It was a little bit of a tickle in my throat. And a couple hours later, it was a fast growing fungus. I ended up in the hospital and almost died. A lot of people died from it. They called it Valley fever. It was like the, the weirdest shit that came up out of nowhere. It was hidden in the, for millions of years or whatever, 10 million years or 10,000 years, whatever they said it was, had been hiding in the mountains. And then when the mountain cracked open because of the earthquake, (laughs) it released this into the air and this fungus went everywhere. And a lot of people got really, really, really sick from it. People that have lung diseases, especially were targeted, you know, and I was one of them. And I just, I remember thinking I have to go home from work. I had a little bit of a fever and a little bit of a tickle in my throat. And by that evening, I literally arrived dead on arrival at the hospital and I had this horrible thing. And anyway, my husband... And, um, at the time he was my boyfriend, he said, you know what? Let's just get married. I don't want you ever to live without medical insurance again. And I was like, oh my God, that's so sweet. So, so romantic, (laughs) but we, but we already, we loved each other. He was like my best friend. And so we ended up getting married and, um, you know, then I met my other husband and, um, all hell broke loose. Basically, I I met him and I was like, shit, that was a guy I was supposed to marry. I started remembering that we had a contract. We have a soul contract. My kids are his kids. I saw his energy field from the back of his bald head. He was 12 years older than me. And I was looking at him and I was like, oh shit, I just married the wrong man. Like I literally saw him in, in the first five minutes of seeing the back of his bald head. That's what I thought. Oh shit. I just done fucked up. I married the wrong man. That's a guy. I'm supposed to marry him, have his kids. He's the one, right? He's the main soulmate. I had a fucking contract with him. And like 30 minutes later, he came up to me and started asking me questions. It was like crazy. And I was like, and I turned around and I looked into my daughter's eyes through his eyes. I went, Oh my God, that's my firstborn child's eyes. I've had dreams about her for 10 years and here her father stands before me. And I had to go home crying my eyes out to face my brown eyed husband going, Oh my God, this, this cannot be happening right now. And so I, I like, I called my friend Amber. She's an astrologer. She's like, dude, it's your Saturn return. I'm like, what? holy shit. What's that? And that's where we stand tonight. This is what we're going to go over. What are the returns? So every so often we're going to go over each planet here in the sky. Every so often, um, you know, the planets, they go around the sun and when they come back to where they were, the second where they were in the sky, where you were born, what constellation or house they were in when you were born at that moment. Well, it takes 
one revolution of that planet going around the sun to come right back to that exact point where they were before. Now, nothing is ever, it's not fixed because we're, our solar system, all the planets are spinning around the sun and the sun itself is spinning around a central sun in the center of the universe. So nothing is ever perfectly returned completely to the exact same point in the sky. Technically it's not ever a hundred percent, but I mean, it's more than close enough, you know, I mean, it's close enough for you to say, okay, it's, I mean, it's close enough for government work, but it's closer than government work. If you want to say it like that, <laughs> but so anyway, I, I was, um, so I was looking at this and I was looking at all these different websites and I started thinking, holy shit, I've never heard of a Jupiter return. Well, when this, when I met my second husband and I was, I, I was a newlywed, holy moly. Well, I had my Saturn return. And then I looked into his astrology and I found out there's another thing called the Uranus half return. And then I just heard yesterday or a couple days ago about the Jupiter return. And I thought, okay, here we go. <laughs> there must be a return for every planet that just makes the most sense. So here we go. This is what's going on. It's the number one planet here. Um, and I numbered them all. Okay, here we go. The, the lunar return is every roughly 27 days. So basically every month there's going to be a lunar return. The, the moon will come back into the sign it was in when you were born at the same degrees and everything. So once a month you're having a lunar return. Um, the solar return is every year, which is your birthday. Every year, your birthday happens, you know, roughly on the day you're born. I mean, technically my birthday next year is going to be one day later, my next birthday. And, and that's the other thing on all these different planets on this exploratorium. I found out on Mars, my next birthday is Sunday, March 12th. Well, that's my mother's birthday. That's weird. I guess on Mars, I'm a Pisces. <laughs> I mean, this gets really, this shit can get really wild really quick. If you start really reading into this, you know, in Venus, my next birthday is March 3rd. Oh my God. Two birthdays in a row. Just depends on the planet I'm on. Can you imagine if we had a space station hovering around every single one of these? We, look at all these birthdays we would have. Oh my God. It would be amazing. Oh wait, but they're on different years. So it's not all in the same year. I mean, my God, you get exhausted. But, <laughs> but my next birthday on Mars is in the year 2023 on March 12th. And whereas 2022, February 12th is my next birthday in Mercury. So you see it, it, it's all relative from where you are in the sky, basically. Um, anyway, so, so your solar return is on here on earth is yearly. It's every year you have your birthday roughly around the same day that you were born before, right? you know, in an, in actual exact scientific years. So lunar every 20, every month. So 12, thir actually 13 times 13, that lucky number again, 13 times a year you're having, um, you know, your lunar return once a year, you're having your solar return and, um, your mercury return is every year as well. 
your uh, Venus return is every year as well, unless you were born during a retrograde. If your Venus was in retrograde when you were born, that will be every three years. You will have a Venus retro, you know, a Venus return. Your Mars will return every one and a half to two years. You're going to have a Mars return. Your Neptune return is one once every 165 years. So fat chance, honey, you're not going to have a Neptune return in this lifetime. Probably maybe this time around, if you decide to live 200 years, you'll get one. (laughs) Now, Methuselah of the Bible, funny enough, he lived to be 969 years old. I think that's what I read. The oldest man on earth, um, you know, in old biblical times, he actually had five Neptune returns. I wonder what that was like for him. (laughs) You know, did he marry a new wife every 165 years? What does that mean? Neptune. That's kind of weird. And then your Pluto return happens every 247 years. So you have to live to be 250 to get one of those. (laughs) Methuselah went through at least three of them. Wow. That's amazing, right? So um, your Jupiter return. Now check this one out. You get these every 12 years. Remember I said something's happening to me about every 13 years or so. That's kind of weird, right? It's like, huh, every, I was noticing that. So, um, you get your Jupiter return at ages 12, 24, 36, 48, 60, 72, and 84. Those are the ages at which roughly, you know, more or less one year in either direction, maybe that you get your Jupiter return energies coming back to influence you. And it's kind of like you get to return to where you were when your chart was that way, when you were born. And it's kind of like, uh, let's check in, you know, I'm the the expansion planet, right? You know, Jupiter's a planet of expansion. We're going to go over what all of these mean in a minute. But so then next we have your Saturn return, which is every 28 years more or less. They start between 27 and 29. It might not totally happen until you're 30. You know, it's more or less two to three years in either direction for the Saturn return. For me, I was 28 years old. And, and, uh, so we're going to go over that in a minute. What, what this means. So your Saturn return happens when you're around 28 and then 56 and then get this 84. Uh, so when you're 84, you get a Jupiter return and a Saturn return. Holy shit. (laughs) Now in your Uranus return, your Uranus half return is, it starts at, at 42 years. So when you're 42 years old, some major changes are coming down the pike when you're 42 years old. And that's because your Uranus half return, it starts when you're 40 years old and goes until you're the age of like 43, 44. Okay. So when I was 28, I met my 40 year old husband. (laughs) He was going through a Uranus half return. I was going through a Saturn return. Holy moly. Right now you get to see how it actually 
changes and in, in, in shifts your life around these things can really affect you. Now your Uranus complete full return therefore happens when you're 84. I just discovered this this weekend. Now other people already know this, but I'm discovering it. And if you didn't know it now, you're now you're discovering it. So when you're 84 years old, you get your Jupiter return, Saturn return and Uranus return, your full Uranus return, not the half-assed return, <laughs> the half-assed return of the Uranus. Yeah. So <laughs> Uranus half return is 42 years, but 84 years old. So now do you guys remember what I said about you don't have to come back here if you can manage to live until I think it was 84 years old or 87. I think it was 87 years old. There's in, in Hindi, in Hindi belief system in India, um, Sadhguru was talking about this and I had watched this really fascinating video a few months back. I think in season four, I mentioned it to you guys where he said, if you can live to be 87 years old, you're done with your karma. <laughs> you're just done. You don't have to come back. Something like that. He said something major like that. I think that's what he said. I could be wrong. I can't remember what the hell I said about this now, but I remember thinking, wait a minute, 84. Where did I hear that before? And I'm like, no, no, it was 87. So it was one of those ages, but I thought that's really, really weird. So it looks like all of your stuff will be completed when you're about 84 years old. So wanted to bring that up. Okay. So I'm going to pause this and I'm going to take a couple more notes and then we're going to jump right into this. All right. I uncovered so much information. We're going to try to go through this really quickly. So, uh, in basically, uh, I'm going to go over the return or the, the planets and what they mean just Generally, I might have to do a whole another show about this uh, because there's so much information. All right, so okay, the 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 moon basically you get in this return every month. <laughs> it's about your emotions and your senses, your sensual self, your subconscious mind, your dreams, and self care. Your solar uh, return, which is every year, um, that's your ego, your creative, your creativity, your creative spark your purpose in life. Um, I mean, I'm a Virgo and so, you know, I'm a healer basically. And I'm a mother. That's why I came here as a Virgo, right? But, uh, this is how you wish to shine your light in the world. Uh, your Mercury returns every year. This is, uh, ruling over communication, intellect, and it's the planet that's closest to Earth, which is why the Mercury retrogrades really, really affect us. Uh, Mercury is a Roman god of commerce, by the way. Uh, your internal dialogue, how you communicate with others and yourself, how you analyze and process information, that's all to do with your Mercury uh, return. But you have one every year. So we're going to move along quickly. That's not what we're worried about so much. Okay. Venus return. It returns yearly. Venus is your love relationships, your connection with others in a loving way and self-love self-worth your, your relationship with yourself as well. It also is ruling over beauty, art, and your harmony, how you bring about your harmony, your social graces, your pleasure, how you want to be loved 
and it also rules over finances and self-worth. So my Venus is in Virgo, which means give me a 401k and I will marry you. <laughs> Just kidding. Kidding. Ha <laughs> ha. Just kidding. I, I don't, I won't marry one for money. <laughs> I've already had chances like that. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, Mars, every one and a half to two years happens. Mars return. What is Mars? Mars is physical energy, your fire, your passion, your workout even. It's, it's connected to working out and being physical and fit. Your passion for life and your sexual needs. So Venus is love. Mars is sex. You get that? So, you know, those things are important and they work well together, right? All right, so next is Neptune, the one that you're probably never even going to have a return on unless you live 165 years. That is um, inspiration, dreams, mystical inclinations, how you feel when you connect to source through your meditations or yoga or whatever. <clears throat> Truth versus illusion. Your um, mind-altering substances fall under the rule of Neptune. And, of course, it rules Pisces. So that makes a lot of sense, right? Pluto return every 247 years. You're never going to have one. But what does Pluto stand for? What is the energy influence? Um, death, rebirth, and transformation. Think of our emerald green scarab beetle I mentioned in the first half of the show that I'm looking at right now. He's just sitting here hanging out on my inspiration board. <laughs> By the way, uh, that just gave me another uh, clue. Uh, I am the archangel of death. My counterpart is the archangel of new birth or rebirth. And I'm sitting here looking at <laughs> the emerald green beetle <clears throat> that stands for both me and my twin flames so I am and then of course the next thing that in that line death rebirth and transformation so this is going to be a symbol for a lot of you out there I have a feeling <laughs> so the eighth thing now is Jupiter return this is where we want to this is the meat of this episode <laughs> the meat and potatoes <laughs> the, the rest of it was just the vegan part of the evening and now we're going to the meat and potatoes part okay um so the Jupiter return that happens every 12 years, remember that, at the ages of 12, 24, 36, 48, 60, 72, and 84. So, okay, <coughs> I was looking up uh, these. Now, when I was, let's see, I've got to do the math on this one. Hold on. All right, never mind. I was going to say something, but that I'm going to say it later because it's a different return for me. I wanted to give examples of what happened in my life at these ages. Um, between the ages of like around 12 to 13, my first Jupiter return is when I came face to face with my twin flame in real life in person. It lasted all of maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute. We stared at each other. We were just right in front of each other. And it awakened my sexuality and as I said that a flash of his picture just came up on my screen <laughs> okay see something is happening here baby I'm in the flow um oh my god <laughs> for all I know he already wrote me an email and I haven't checked it lately <laughs> I haven't been home in seven hours or whatever okay so yeah that's kind of odd 
Um, <laughs> all right. So, um, so that was the first thing. It kind of awakened my sexuality. I went around for like a year saying, I can't wait to meet my boyfriend. I know he's my boyfriend. I know he's my love. When am I going to meet this guy again? When am I going to find him again? And all of a sudden I had to dress better and I had to look better and I had to make my hair perfect. And all of a sudden I cared about what I looked like because after I met him, I thought I can never be ugly again. I can never leave the house, you know, just ugly. Like I have to do whatever it takes to impress him when I see him again, because I want to look nice for him. It was like the weirdest thing. Like that happened when I was 12. So, you know, that's, you know, but what does Jupiter, what does it stand for? Fate. <laughs> of course it was fate. I came face to face with him at Knott's Berry Farm <laughs> of all weird places. But yeah, it's fate and it's luck. That yeah, was damn lucky. And by the way, uh, it was when I was 14, uh, two years later, when I literally saw my birth mother and my little brother, and I did not meet them until I was in my 30s. Speaking of fate and luck, also at Knott's Berry Farm, of all weird places, again. I mean, it's some that place is karmically great luck for me somehow maybe I should go there and meet my guy maybe he'll be there <laughs> when I go anyway uh um so Jupiter is a planet of fate and luck and faith and philosophy and beliefs this is where you get your expansion of your mind expansion of your life this is where you start to travel this is where you have your your joy and your enthusiasm for life expands every 12 years in a big way your sense of adventure comes from your jupiter return okay and I mean, Jupiter can influence you all the time, but when it comes back to where you were when you were a kid, you're going to start to reevaluate and then you're going to expand more. You're going to expand more and have more freedom, more joy, more enthusiasm, more adventure, more, you know, reevaluating your philosophy in life, your beliefs. Like you might for 12 years believe that nothing happens after you die. You just die and boom, gone, dead, worm food, nothing more. And then 12 years later, you might go, eh, you know what? God might be real. I don't want to be religious, but God might be real, you know? Whereas maybe 24 years before you were like a hardcore Christian or something, you know, you might've been very religious or maybe when you're 12, you're very religious, you know, grew up very religious. And then you're 12, you're thinking, I don't think I believe in this shit anymore. <laughs> Or I don't like organized religion. When you're 24, you're like, I damn sure don't like organized religion. Maybe by your time you're 36, you're like, I don't even think nothing happens to you when you're, when you're dead, you're dead. And then you're 48, you're like, you know what? I think that God's real. <laughs> by the time you're 60, you're like, God is real and I'm going to heaven, you know? So like every 12 years, you're going to reevaluate your, your faith, your philosophy, your, your, you know, everything. So I wrote, <clears throat> so when I was 48 years old, something that happened to me with my Jupiter return is I broke up with my boyfriend and I decided to have faith that my beautiful twin flame is coming my way. And the other thing is that I found out is, and this is really weird, speaking of emerald rays and emerald beetles, your Jupiter return is called your emerald year. That's what I found in my, um, while I was researching this. 
It's called your emerald year. Every 12 years, you have an emerald year. I was like blown away by that. So by the way, I want to mention too, I have a list of 10 planets here. Earth would be the 11th planet, which is not, it's never going to, you're living on earth. So you're never going to have an earth return. But I was thinking that there should be 12 planets. Jesus had 12 disciples. We have 12 cranial nerves, right? I was thinking about this. There's all these things related to the number 12, which, you know, that's, I could go, I don't want to go off on that tangent, but it occurred to me and even Jupiter returns every 12 years. So I think that there is a planet that was broken up and that would, that's what makes Milky Way galaxy, which I think I mentioned yesterday or last week. And that might have had an influence on us that doesn't any longer, or there's another rogue planet out there, baby, that we haven't even discovered or seen. It might even be beyond Pluto, but it might be influencing the hell out of us. My, my girlfriend, Amber, God rest her soul, was an astrologer. She told me she called it Vulcan. (laughs) She called it the planet Vulcan. So, I mean, it's weird. It's, you know, and then I've heard it called Marduk. I've heard it called different words. I just throwing that out there, you know, put a pin in it for now, but that's it. So this is what goes on during your Jupiter return. Now during your Saturn return, this one is a fricking biggie. Uh, you, what happened to me? when I was 28 years old around that time, 28 and 29, it starts between the ages of 27 and and goes through around 30. So this is what happened to me during this time, but it's usually every 28 years when you're 28, you're 56. And when you're 84, I moved, I quit my job. I got into a serious relationship. I ended a relationship, got into a serious relationship, got out of that serious relationship after I got married and divorced, married, met my new husband and moved in with him, got into hypnosis school, graduated hypnosis school, um, had that dead on arrival experience I talked about earlier with the, the fungus from the 10,000 year. I mean, the Saturn return for me was the craziest fucking years. It was like one or two years where it's like, holy moly, I had the near death experience where I witnessed the angel. Um, John the Baptist was the one who spoke in my ear. That's a whole nother thing. I, I talked about that a couple of years ago. <laughs> He's the one that told me to go to the hospital. If you don't go to the hospital right now, you're going to die. John the Baptist came and told me that he was my cousin in that life with Jesus. I mentioned that yesterday too. Anyway, I mean, I had this massive health crisis out of nowhere. I had this near death experience. This is a Saturn return kind of shit. <laughs> I uh, got married. I got divorced. I moved. I, I, I planned to get married again. A year later, I did get married again. I got married twice during my Saturn return. I started a brand new career. I went to hypnosis motivation Institute, became a hypnotherapist. I was engaged. I was divorced. I was remarried. I, I mean, it was like a nuts. It's freaking nuts. Um, I started on my spiritual path again at the age of 28. So I was a little bit in between that Jupiter return, right? Um, I didn't believe in God for several years. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I was wrong. 
<laughs> I was wrong to be agnostic. I was wrong to even consider being atheist. I think God is real. And now, boom, I'm back on a spiritual path, baby. And, and the Saturn is a planet of limitation. It is a planet of structure. Oh, and quickly, I forgot to mention in Jupiter, that is a planet also of higher education. So expanding your mind, expanding your spirit, expansion in all of the areas, not expansion in your body though, unless you're going to expand your health. (laughs) Although, I mean, maybe you'll have a year in your Jupiter return in which you expand your body as well. And you can't stop eating. Maybe who knows? I mean, 48, I think that was, that was a year for me. I, I did break up with my boyfriend. That was the last relationship I've had when I was 48, I'm 53 now. It's been five years since I've been in a relationship and I kind of expanded my views on that. I became, I chose consciously to wait, have faith for my beautiful twin flame to come. And I decided I'm going to be celibate until my beautiful love comes my way. Right. More or less. Okay. It's been like three and a half years, not the whole five years, but you know, but I, I started on my spiritual path which is a Jupiterian thing. My joy, my adventure, my enthusiasm, my faith, my philosophy, my spirituality, it's all there. And I started on this path that led to this metaphysical soul speak when I was 48. And that was my Jupiter return. That's an an example of what can happen during Jupiter return. Now, Saturn return year, all of this, you marry, you get divorced, you, you graduate, you, you go back to school, you, change your career. You change your whole fucking life and people in your world look at you and like, they'll say things like, what the hell happened to you? Are you having a midlife crisis? Or they'll say, um, and when you're 56, you are having a midlife crisis because that's your Saturn return too. So that's about the time where the marriage breaks up and the young boyfriend or girlfriend comes in and the hot car is purchased and, you know, think I'm having my eyes done. I think I'm going to have, you know, a little bit of lipo. I think I'm going to, you know, that's when those things happen. You start limiting yourself in different ways. And you start realizing you were limited in certain ways and you get out of the limitations or you start going into, um, responsibilities, commitments, uh, dealing with authority figures. You have these perceived limitations that start coming to your, to your, um, world, you know? So everything is, it's things that firmly thrust you into adulthood. According to this article I found on wellandgood.com meanings of planets and astrology is the name of this. And the, uh, that's what the astrologer here said. She says, uh, these are things that essentially thrust you firmly into adulthood. (laughs) Your Saturn return is when the planet returns to the position it was in when you were born, sometimes in your late twenties, well, basically when you're 28 and the milestones, the, the massive milestones that happen are due to Saturn. Life shifts. Typically at this time, it drums up larger esoteric questions about your purpose and who you are, your identity. And you get a lot of growing pains at this time. Like, holy shit. I mean, I died. I was dead on arrival. I literally, my heart, my lungs stopped dead. I was dead for over a minute, you know, (laughs) and then they started me up again. And I mean, that's, the ultimate fucking limitation. I had a near death experience. 
<laughs> dying. That's the biggest limitation. I had a hardcore Saturn return. Shit, my next one's in three years. I hope to God it's not that bad. <laughs> I hope to God that's the year that I have more. My limitation will be I don't have complete control over the remote control anymore because my twin flame will be using it most of the time. <laughs> I hope that that's my limitation is that, well, now I don't have, I can't date anymore because I'm married to my beloved. I'm hoping that's what my next limitations will be. And we'll probably move and we'll probably get married and we'll probably, you know, eventually, I mean, otherwise I have to wait till I'm fucking 84. Shit. I hope not. <laughs> Okay, maybe not. You don't have to get married during these years. Um, but those are examples of what do happen during these years. Now, the next one is your Uranus half return. So check this out. When I married my husband, the father of my children, I was 29 years old during my Saturn return. He was 41, which is during his Uranus half return. <laughs> he got a divorce and then he married me during his 40 between I met him when he was 40. We got married when he was 41 and, and it happens your Uranus half return and it influences you for a couple years in either direction. Both of these, the Saturn and the Uranus one and probably the Jupiter one as well. I think within a year of either way. So between your 11 and 13th year is when your Jupiter is going to affect you. So Uranus, um, for me, um, it happened, uh, for me when I was 42, so I married him when he was 41, but when I was around 42, that was the year 2000, 2010 is when we got a divorce and then he died. And then we, I moved three times that year. I was during those years, like, you know, one or two years in either direction. I, we moved three times. We were homeless twice. We moved out of the freaking country. We moved to Guatemala. I changed my religion to Islam. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's some major shit going down with Uranus. <laughs> and what is Uranus? It is the planet of innovation, innovation, change and evolution and personal revolution. <laughs> I mean, you're going to evolve if you're moving and moving and moving and divorcing and your ex dies and you become a single parent and you're homeless and you're moving out of the country and you're changing your religion and suddenly all out of nowhere, all your friends are from Saudi Arabia out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, that's not all definitely going to happen to you, but this is the examples of what happened to me during these times. It's like, holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> you know? So if you're like in your thirties right now, or you're in your twenties right now, you have a lot of shit to look forward to and you have to be aware of this stuff. <laughs> so this is your astrology planetary returns. Okay. So Uranus, let's see what it says here. Um, in this, uh, well and good.com article. Okay. This is what Uranus stands for innovation, science, technology, this is the name of the game when it comes to Uranus. It says, um, let's see, it is a driver of change and evolution and it, it influences you. And it's in stark contrast to Saturn, which is rigid in structure. Whereas Uranus is innovation and moving and evolution. It's like a, you know, 
<clears throat> talking about a revolution. Well, you know, Uranus will change your world. <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. So, okay. <clears throat> so this is part of why they say the Saturn Uranus square is so disruptive. It's like, it's like, I want to expand and grow and, or I, you know, I want to innovate and create new things and be an inventor. And, and now I'm limited. I can't shit, you know, Saturn just really, really rings that brings you in, it reels you in. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I wanted to be single forever. Never wanted to get married. Never want to have kids. And boom, my Saturn return happens and I get married, get divorced and get married again and start planning my kids start planning my life of being a mom. It was like, oh my effing God, here comes a responsibility. Now we are adulting. <laughs> Saturn return is when, I bet I will become a grandmother when I'm 56. I just really just, did just hit me like a ton of bricks. <laughs> I will probably be a grandmama at the age of 56. <laughs> and I'll probably get married. And so here comes all the limitations. Now I can't travel a lot because I got to watch the grandbabies. Now, you know, I just feel like it's, but I'll be happy with that too. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen. Um, but Uranus, you know, it's, it's Uranus half return is very, very much like the Saturn return in the ways that there are massive life changes. Now the Jupiter returns every 12 years, you're just expanding more. Maybe you have more money. Now you have more influence. Now you have more power in life. Now you have more faith in God. Now you have different philosophical beliefs. Now you've read more books that are spiritual. Now you're expanding yourself. Now your fate has come into play. And now your luck is coming. And every 12 years, you get a new shot in the arm of luck and your fate changes and you become more enthusiastic and more joy filled and more adventure filled. And your life just expands, 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 expands. It's like, boof, and it just expands. And you know, and so that's what I think, you know, is it, this, all of this planetary return stuff is so interesting. And so that's, I, this is just an overview of the planets. I hope you've enjoyed this one. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see. There's not really much else. Did I go over Neptune? Yeah, I already did. You're not even going to have one of those returns. The biggest ones you need to worry about. You know, the lunar and the solar affect us all the time. All the little ones that happen every year affect us all the time. But the big, big ones are the Jupiter, the Saturn, and the Uranus half return. And the full Uranus return is when you're 84 years old. I hope to God I don't get divorced when I'm 84. <laughs> Knock on wood, I'll still be married then. But um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, th those are examples of what, I mean, if you're younger than me, then you have all these things to look forward to. My next Jupiter return is when I'm 60 years old. And my next Saturn returns when I'm 56. And then my next Uranus deal will be when I'm 84. And then, and then the other two things are also when I'm 84. And also when you're 84 as well. I hope to God we all get to live a very long-ass life together. And I would love to hear your stories of what happened to you guys during your returns. Your Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus returns. Because th this stuff to me is interesting as hell. And... I just, 
yeah, it's just interesting AF to me. <laughs> Honestly, I just love it. Anyway, I just wanted to bring it up. I wanted you to be aware of it. Because if you're like 28 going, damn it, how come all this shit is happening to me? <laughs> now you know, baby. Now you know. This is what's going on. Um, you know, that's what's happening. Now look back over your life. Look right down these ages. You might want to go. I should have told you in the beginning, get a notebook out, you know, go back over this and write it, the ages down and figure it out. What happened during those years? What were the major things that made you expand? What it made you grow and helped you change? And <clears throat> what are the big, big things, the breakups and the shakeups and the holy crap, I just changed careers. I was going to be a sex therapist. And then I became a, a sexual bondage expert. <laughs> I worked in the world of BDSM for a year. And then I married my husband and then we divorced. And then I married my other husband. And then for the next 13 years, I just was married to him and had my children. And that was it, you know. And then when I turned 42, I had the next, the next big thing. And that's when he died. And I ended up being a single mom and I was a single, I've been a single mom for the last 11 years. <laughs> it's just like, God, actually for the last 12 years, I've been a single mom. It's crazy, right? How this stuff happens. So, but I'm just using my life as an example. So you guys know what to look for. Anyway, that's it. That's all she wrote by she, I mean me guys. I will be back tomorrow with all original and unique programming, just like always. I love you very much. I hope you got a lot out of the show. Sorry. I'm like kind of just, ah, <laughs> I've had a crazy day. And so this show is a little bit more lively than usual and a little bit all over the place. But anyway, I hope you enjoy my enthusiasm at least. All right. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension, baby. Until next time, guys. Peace. guys i've been making episodes of metaphysical soul speak the podcast for a while now and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast well i have two solutions for this question number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the anchor app locate my channel and sign up anywhere from 99 cents to nine dollars and 99 cents monthly and you can stop anytime or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via zelle bank to bank or through paypal using my email mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com also located in the show description now with this option you aren't uh obligated monthly in any way and you're also not limited thank you all so much in advance for your support Let's keep metaphysical soul speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you.